0: Hi, you're listening to Learnings with Simone, a podcast featuring self help topics that goes anything under the sun that I want to share with you as I also learn from it. I'm your host, Simone, and if you are here listening, thank you. Most probably, you're one of my dear friends, and they know how much I like mine, how much I like psychology, human behaviors. How much I love learning from people who deeply take the time to understand all the complexities, the challenges, life situations that they're all going through. And as you don't always have the deepest insight in some of those biggest emotional challenges that we're all going through or have in our lives, we kind of like tend to lean on to the experts. Whether they are the medical professionals, like doctors and therapists, or they are authors, writers, lyricists, poets, or motivational-inspirational speakers. Because they are able to articulate what is inside of you. Even if you haven't thought about it yet. And when they do and you read or heard about it, it immediately lights a fire inside of you. So in today's episode, I will or I want to share with you some of the learnings that I had. It's the daily habits that are actually trauma responses. So... The first time I got super duper interested in trauma, trauma responses, or uh, inner wounds is actually last year when I first heard and watched or learned about Dr. Gabor Mate. Dr. Gabor is a doctor, a writer, a speaker, and has specialties in traumas, inner wounds, and childhood. Uh, issues so if you are interested and curious about him go look him up so at the end of this episode I hope you are able to identify in yourselves potentially in others where it came from and what do they mean but if it doesn't or if you don't super cool that means you already worked on yourself or you really have a great great upbringing so, daily habits that are actually trauma responses. The first one, perfectionism. So, it might seem a good thing to always strive for perfection and to do things the right way. to Always have a plan, so on and so forth. So, I for one, five ten years ago, I used to tag myself as a perfectionist. But I stopped doing it after I made some realization so instead of perfectionism or being a perfectionist I always say I need to strive for excellence so because I'm a process oriented person so I always go by the book I always try to go by the book a certain way a certain process and if a plan doesn't go as expected I may need a little bit time to Post back myself but they said psychology said people that are perfectionists are actually people who procrastinate a lot now this really resonates because in the last 3 to 4 years I really am a procrastinator I'm not proud of it I'm not lazy but I do procrastinate so people who who they don't want to start something or delay presenting a project or delay starting starting a certain task. So, in general, whenever that happens, I always ask myself, what feeling am I avoiding when I'm starting to delay a certain task? What feeling am I avoiding? So, most of the time, I work on it most of, I, I think it's that way. Sometimes I work on it, most of the time it doesn't, doesn't work. So uh, for procrastinators, they 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 don't want to start something big or they delaying presenting a certain project or for some people uh, don't want to start or delaying starting a business because they wait for everything to be perfect. So it actually stops you from acting. So we have this immense anxiety, and actually low self-worth. So, the latter one, I'm still reflecting on myself. I'm still trying to understand myself why I may have low self-worth. Because because consciously, I don't think I have. But probably, I do have low self-worth. I just have to work on it and understand more myself. So, that's why I'm still learning I'm still in progress. I'm still trying to understand better myself and hopefully be able to to progress. So, psychology said or says perfectionists usually grow up in households where they're either criticized or they aren't allowed to make mistakes. So, if we go back to our school years, if you think of it, we aren't actually encouraged to make mistakes, right? So, when we make a mistake as a kid, we're probably scolded or being punished. And so, in this generation, when all of the materials is within reach, we can just Google it in a few seconds or there's a lot of like videos or articles that we can see, for example, in in Facebook or Instagram or even in TikTok, stuff like that. All those uh, learning materials, it's it's available there. And in, in this generation, we know we have, or we have come to know that preventing kids making mistakes is actually one of the mistakes that the parent can make, parents can make. So even the educational systems make this. So they don't encourage making mistakes. And this actually creates people or make people scared to act, scared to take risks, scared to do anything, because it might not be perfect. And they'll be punished and their uh, and, and their software will, will go down if they don't maintain this identity. To- of of the perfect human being so I have seen a a video Uh, there is a professor in a class he was standing in front of the class and he pulled out a $20 bill and he asked the class who wants this $20 $20 and all of the hands all of the students raised their hands of course they want the money and then the professor uh, did next is he crumpled the money and then asked the students again who wants this money and then again students raised ha- raise their hands i want the money and then what the professor did next he how to say it, um, he, he dropped the money and stepped on it, like really stepped on it, and then after that, he picked it up and then asked the students again, now, who wants this money? And then, of course, the student still raises their hands, I want the money, and the professor is actually teaching teaching them some kind of a lesson. And he, he goes like this, like uh, it's the same thing in life. No matter what or no matter what life throws at you, you're being trampled on or you're being stepped on. Your value doesn't diminish. Your worth doesn't diminish. So you might be scared to do things because it might not be perfect, or you're scared of failing on on. Uh, certain things and you're scared of not being able to to meet the success and you actually correlate it to your self-worth because if you don't uh, you will lose your self-worth. So they said it doesn't go that way. So if you resonate with this psychology says then it's really important that you actually start putting yourself in situations where you make mistakes. So you start intentionally making mistakes, doing errors, putting yourself in a situation where you are prone to making mistakes. In that way, you are teaching your brain that it's okay to fail. It's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to to not be perfect. And actually, your self-worth stays exactly the same whether or not you fail, whether or not you make mistakes. Easier said than done. But... This is actually one one way or exercise, if you may put it, if you let me put it, an exercise so that you can heal from 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 that trauma. So you put yourself intentionally and make mistakes and letting yourself um, make mistakes. So life will be so much easier and better. And then you'll stop procrastinating. You start doing things because earlier you don't want to do things because you're probably thinking you're not good enough, you're not good enough. That is not true. Your brain is tricking or lying to you. It's actually a trauma response from your childhood. We are allowed to make mistakes. Everyone makes mistakes, even as an adults. You just have to remember that. The second one is walking away or cutting people off at the smallest mistake. So, you might be thinking, I'm just setting boundaries. I'm not letting people cross me. I'm not letting people not treat me right. But actually, if you do this at the smallest mistakes, it's actually a form of protection mechanism. And they say it's extremely unhealthy and can potentially destroy your relationships. So, they said this usually happens because we have the need to control the situation because we don't want to get hurt. No one wants to get hurt. And when we feel like we're losing the control over a situation, over how we're feeling, and we feel like someone else is taking control over your feelings, we have the field that need to take action quick, to block them or to cut them off or to do something so that we can regain back the control. But this is actually a false sense of control. And we might regret our decision very soon after actually, very soon after, after, very soon after, after we make that decision. So try to slow down a little bit before we cut some people off, because uh, making this drastic decision like this is not simple. So slow down and actually, actually think or ask yourselves whether or not you're making the decision out of a trauma response or out of a healed piece. The third one is constant emotional monitoring now uh, if we're constantly sensing what the other people are feeling if there are any subtle changes in facial expressions in mood and vibe for instance and this is true to me so whenever i am in a, in, in a gathering so i'm talking to, to a friend or, or someone I'm, I'm very intentional so when, when i talk to someone i face i face them and i notice everything in terms of like the slightest change in the mood the slightest change in terms of like um yeah the mood the vibe or even a shift of gaze while uh talking to someone i notice it of course i don't take it personal i don't take it against them but i battle it inside me. So um, y- y- you're talking to a friend and, and they sigh like they go like you know automatically my mind goes straight into over analyzing into thinking did I offend them or did I say something are they mad at me or are they upset are they gonna leave me are they gonna stop being my friend or am I boring to them so this is kind of like i am not diagnosed but i tag myself as a highly sensitive person so you're always constantly super high vigilant so this is actually they said it's a trauma response that comes from your childhood so if you grew up in an environment where your parents were maybe unpredictable or chaotic you never knew what to, to expect you kind of like learn to anticipate any reaction outside so you can protect yourself basically so it's important to remember that you're not little child anymore that is helpless you're an adult and as an adult you're not responsible for other people's emotions no one can hurt you the same way you were hurting your childhood so you are not emotionally dependent on anyone else like you as a kid so even if someone is upset with you you can live with it. even if it doesn't feel like that you can handle it and you can live with it so it's not your job to guess what someone else is feeling or thinking easier said than done but it is their responsibility to take accountability for what they're feeling and to express it so if they are upset with you communicate this with you and also you have the exact same responsibility if you're upset with someone you shouldn't expect them to read your mind you should actually express how you feel and that is to say being emotionally mature a little bit hard to to swallow but I feel like it's uh, it's actually a a very good thing to know and, and reflect on if you are constantly monitoring everyone's emotions. The fourth thing is constantly keeping busy. You're constantly doing something. You're always at or you're at the gym, at the dance class, working, studying, learning a new language, going out with friends, getting drunk, so on and so forth. So, they say this is actually because you don't want to be alone by yourself with your own feelings. that you can't tolerate your own presence being alone or any thoughts or feelings that happen when you are in your own presence or being alone. You might be even scared to be alone at night when you're falling asleep and all your thoughts and emotions from that day start coming up. So what you do, you distract yourself by staying uh, at your phone too late or anything like that. So it's normal if you have gone through trauma everyone has it. I'm not entirely sure but I'm hope, hoping not hoping but pretty sure everyone goes something in their lives. So it, it's normal if you have gone through some kind of trauma and if you're dealing with certain emotions like being depressed or anger or resentment or anything like that, It's important to understand that your feelings cannot hurt you. They cannot hurt you. You can handle your feelings. okay? If you can't, you should talk to a medical professional like therapist or doctor or someone that is specialized. But in most cases, you can handle it and feelings come and go. So i've seen this video i'm not sure if it's a video or or an article or an article that i have read explaining that any emotions that we feel can only sit straight or last with you not longer three minutes or 90 seconds the first time i heard it's like wow then we might we might ask ourselves no or like we might say no i'm sad all the time or um i'm angry all the time or any other emotions not just for three minutes. I'm pretty sure I'm not that insert emotion for just three minutes. And they said that is because you're not confronting, you're not confronting whatever it is you're feeling. You face them and then you suppress it back. And since you suppress it and you didn't work with that emotion, it will resurface back again once once that feeling is being triggered. So they say, The faster you process them, the faster you confront them. Uh, Or the faster you deal with your thoughts and your feelings, the faster they go away and then you can actually be at peace with yourself. So the best thing you can do for yourself is to stop running away. Again, this is easier said than done. But to confront whatever is happening, this is the hard The last one is people-pleasing. So, um, of course, people-pleasing is not the same as being nice or kind. People-pleasing is doing something that you think is expected of you, despite of you not wanting to do that thing. So, someone asks you to, to do them a favor and you say yes, not because you want to do it or out of the kindness of your heart, but because you're afraid of upsetting them. That if you say no, they're not gonna like you anymore and or or they're gonna stop being your friend. So psychology says this happens to people that maybe grew up in a home where their own boundaries weren't respected. Where they weren't allowed to say no. They were made to do things even though they didn't want to. So they were told that be nice for example, go hug your grandma, uncle, etc., etc., even if you don't want to. It doesn't matter how you feel, you should do that. So, again, I've seen this another video. Um, I'm not sure if this is Mark Manson, uh, the one who wrote the, the book, the best-selling book, uh, the, the Subtle Art of Not Giving a fuck. So, um, but it looks like Mark Manson. So it was kind of like a reaction video. So there was a question for him. And then uh, he's giving his reaction or answer. So the question is about... Um, am I an asshole if I ask my friend to leave? So uh, a short story is that I'm trying to remember it. Um, pretty sure there's more very much detailed about it. You can check it on but how i remember is how i remember it so there was a family invited the friends and this family has kids or has a kid so 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 there was a son uh with the father and the father is actually the one asking mark for for the answer so is it am i an asshole if i ask my friend to leave so the, the scenario is so that friend is asking the son to give her a hug and the son and, and the son doesn't want or doesn't feel like giving her a hug and uh, the friend was like aren't you gonna do something about this uh, he's being disobedient stuff like that and um, the, the father was like maybe he's a little bit crunky but no I'm not gonna do anything about it um, uh, he, he, he's been teaching or they've been he and, and his wife has been teaching their kids to kind of like put boundaries uh, for themselves if they don't feel like doing something they are not they shouldn't be forced to do something and they're not and they said he said he's not gonna break uh, he's not gonna break that for for a certain person so I'm pretty sure there's more explanation and more uh, detailed story about it that I haven't mentioned but in a nutshell that's how it goes or that's how that's how it went so in the end I think that the friend the friend left and the father didn't push the son to give the friend a hug just because he was asking for it. Yeah, so um, if you say yes even if you mean no the pro- the problem is this creates a lot of resentment inside yourself and your religion- and your relationships and you might actually end up cutting that person off in real life even if they didn't do anything wrong. And a, a true, authentic, healthy relationship requires you, yourself, to be true to yourself. To put yourself first. And it's okay to say no. People are not going to dislike you if you say no. And if they do, then it's better, most probably, if that person works away in life. So, uh, I, I, I know all of this. Uh, things that uh, we have mentioned is of course easier said than done, but I hope this brings light and realization to you and a little bit enjoyment because I was really amazed and in awe whenever I learned or realized something about myself about other people and it's just fascinating how Over the course of our life, we're still learning about ourselves. So thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. This is Learning with Simone. I hope to do this more often. And I hope to do this more. Or like, I I hope to do this better. Every time. But yes, talk to you in the next episode.